All right, welcome into the postseason wrap edition of WARP in Cincinnati. Paul Daniel Jr., C. Trent Rosecrans of The Athletic are here as we uh, kind of officially unpack 2020, which, boy, aren't we all waiting to do that, and start taking our first turn ahead towards the offseason in 2021. Uh, Trent, how are we doing? Are you? I'm, I'll tell you what. One thing I'd be excited to do: start thinking more about 2021 and forgetting about as much of 2020 as possible. Yeah, I, I was talking to a friend last night, and he's like, "Remember when your mom used to say, I'll knock you into next year?' Like, can, can is that offer still on the table? Can we do that? <laughs> I'll take the biggest. I, actually, can you knock me into a couple years forward? I, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm good with 2022 at this point. Can we just start looking for that? Easy. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we've got a lot to get to, but mostly um, we are going to kind of discuss what Dick Williams discussed uh, with reporters uh, at the end of last week. It was Friday, right? Uh, my days are so blurred together. Um, yeah, it was Friday. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, uh, but so, yeah, it was it was Friday. Dick Williams met on a Zoom with local media, and it went for about thirty five minutes of him kind of breaking down the season and taking a look at what the off season might look like. And um, Trent, you basically have much most of the Q and A on a on a number of wide ranging topics up on the site right now. Reminder to everybody: if you want to read. All of the Reds coverage, uh, all of the baseball coverage as the playoffs continue, the NFL, um, you know, Premier League, whatever. It's all under our umbrella at The Athletic. And for right now, celebrating our million subscribers, just $1 a month right now. You can get that deal. Go to theathletic.com slash W-A-R-P. Click on the link and you can be a subscriber for uh, $1 a month right now and get all that. But mostly you take a look at the Dick Williams Q&A, and um, you can get into all those topics. We have three answers from Dick Williams that we want to kind of bring out for you to listen to, and then we'll discuss each one afterwards. So we're going to kind of set them up and knock them down a little bit for you. Um, you know, kind of really the three biggest topics, I think, uh, most, at least in my opinion, uh, probably the most interesting around this team right now. And uh, we'll start with the first one. And that was your tre- your question, Trent, and it and it kind of boils down to this: how should how should we feel about this year? Here's Dick Williams. I would say uh, it's hard not to wake up this morning feeling bitter disappointment. You know, it 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 feels that way for all of us. There is uh, there's no joy in Mudville today. Um, but I will say mixed in with that bitter disappointment is for the players and staff, there's pride and there should be um, for what they accomplished this year. For all of us, it was an unprecedented year. You know, you guys had to do your jobs under uh, extremely trying circumstances, you know, not having in-person access to, to players and people to talk to and to, to be down there to get a feel for what's going on. And, you know, I know how hard that made your job. And, you know, I just think that as we get to the end of the season, you know, it's worth looking back at the gauntlet that these players had to run this year. Um, You know, the, the, the no preparation like they'd ever done before for a season to have spring training shut down and then reopened on short notice in their home market 
the constant state of anxiety uh, that they were forced to live in for the you know majority of the season with the testing and the unknowns about coronavirus, the massive changes to our daily uh, protocols and our daily uh, routines, um, the way those guys were deprived of access to their family and friends for a long period of time, um, the rules changes, not only in the immediate um, time preceding the season, but as the season progressed, we were dealing with a fluid situation and we're you know, rules were being changed during the course of the season. And I just think that, you know, people that look at this short season and, and oversimplified by saying, oh, they expanded the playoffs. Of course, it was easy to get in are completely missing the point here. Uh, the reason they were expanded uh, was because of the season was so short that it's hard for the best teams to rise to the top in a shorter period of time. And I truly believe the longer the season went, the more we would have uh, distanced ourselves uh, from a lot of the other teams uh, around us. Uh, but, it, but that isn't the way it worked. The way it worked is a 60 game season. And, and, um, and I, I credit the players and staff and feel like as disappointed as we all are uh, not to be advancing further. Um, they have every right to be proud of what they, they did accomplish. Um, and, you know, I saw some stuff today in the local press. Um, I saw the word embarrassment somewhere. And I just, I, you know, I pity people that, that, that feel like that's an appropriate word, you know, to use in situations like this. Um, when you do what we did and go to the postseason and stack up against the number two seed and have epic battles like we did those two games, um, you know, you can be disappointed, but you still have to be proud. Um, and I saw a headline today or an article, you know, mentioning effort. And I would just say you can question, uh, you know, our execution. You can question the decision-making uh, by the coaching staff. You can question the decision-making by the front office. Um, the those are all fair game, but I, but don't ever question the effort that those guys put forth this year under those uh, circumstances, dealing with things that none of us can even really fathom or have, have any idea what's going on. So um, long winded answer uh, to your question, but I'm, there's a lot of emotion. So there are no easy short answers in 2020. So that was a, Long-winded answer, you should say. Or as you know, as he pointed out, like there's there's no easy, quick answers this year. Um, no. And this, and, and you know what? For this anything, is, it, there isn't, and especially this topic. I think here's where I find it interesting, and I'm really curious your opinion on this, Trent. Is that we were all forced to consume baseball through a totally different lens this year, and oh, yeah. we're we're, we're and, but but here we are also forced to apply the old school standards of success to this completely different bucket of what of what this season was and, and I just think it's really hard especially for a team like the Reds that put so much time effort energy money and attention on this year being a success to judge 
and and know how to feel about what the team was this year and and the direction that they're going more importantly as you look forward because as you mentioned I mean so much of this team is kind of set is there a stand by it and run it back feeling is that the way you should feel should you feel like this is a disappointment I just feel like it's really hard to conclude whether this was good bad indifferent success and why because it was just so different yeah I mean I think anything 2020 baseball football uh tiddlywinks whatever um they're all an asterisk right now and um if this is going to sound like the least sports fanny thing ever um and you know this is just how I am uh because I'm not anymore uh but like if it brought you some joy there you go. Hey, what if we had that brought us joy? If that run in the last two and a half weeks brought you joy, well, focus on that. Don't focus on the other two. Think about, oh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um, and I don't know. I'm the wrong person to ask because, you know, in our job, we kind of change our relationship to these things so much. Um where it's just different. I mean, our relationship, your relationship, my relationship to all these are so different that it is, you know, quite honestly, if you said, well, you can't understand how I feel, I'd be like, you're right. I can't. Um, but my thing is like, I don't know. As I've gotten older, I dislike the word should and just concentrate on what brings joy and then ignore the rest. So if there is anything that brought you joy in this season, think about that. If there is anything that didn't, just purge it. And my question, my, my question would be this, you know, as and I think once you're removed from, you know, if you're a fan, the frustration of two days and I'm, those are frustrating days to watch an offense not be able to score in, in the most important games you've, you've watched in a while, I'm sure. But as you get removed from it, and I think you can, to me, I, I look at it this way. What would you have done different? You know, because here, here, here's what you, you did. You had an off season where they spent a bunch. I mean, I thought it was pretty much unanimous that everybody loved the Reds off season. Yeah, uh, in Reds country across Major League Baseball, punditry executives. If you read those here, I mean, that was they they spent money. They did it uh, to impact bats. They got good bats. You know that that weren't just for the immediate future, but for a, a longer haul too. I mean, they they. they did all the things that you wanted them to do. They aggressively attacked the roster in season and treated it like the short season it was. I mean, they churned the hell out of that thing when things were going sideways. Mm -hmm. And then they ended up in the playoffs playing as good a baseball as a Reds team has played entering the playoffs. I don't even know that I'd be who knows? I mean, according to Joey Votto, uh, you know, you'd have probably have to go back to 1990, I guess. I mean, you know, playing, regardless of that comparison, playing as good a baseball as you could possibly be playing going into the postseason. And they, they lost two, 
you know, a one run game in 13 innings and a game that was basically one run until the very end there. I, what would you do different? What, what would you, what would you have done differently, you know, to say, oh, that would have created different results? I have a hard time finding where I would have done something totally different than what the Reds did from the offseason all the way through the regular season to the way they were positioned entering the playoffs. Yeah, it is. I mean, you could say uh, Marcelo Zuna instead of Nick Castellanos, which was one of the big ones, but Nick Marcelo Zuna chose the Braves. He had a representative, and and according to some people I've talked to, maybe even better offer from the Reds than he did from the Braves. But here's the thing about free agency. I've said this many times, they're not free and they have agency. <laughs> he used his agency and went to the Braves. So like that isn't even in the, they pivoted and added the, the, the next best bat or equal bat or better bat, depending on, you know, there was a big discussion entering the off season. Now, Marcelo Zuna's numbers were unreal. He had a great year this year and man, you want to think about what those would have been like at great American. Um, but yeah. Anywho, who knows? Who knows? Um, so that is, I, I, I'm with you. Like I, 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 I have trouble finding fault, and uh, except for the lineups. I mean, oh, I'm actually very <laughs> sarcastic there, um, because the lineups usually, you know, an optimized lineup doesn't add all that much. Um, so yeah, no, like you look at it, and it's just, it is hard to objectively say what could have done, what you could have done differently. I mean, there were results and, um, I don't know. Did we, did we talk about batting coaches and all that last time? I've talked about this all the time. No, it's not just, really. I just, I just find that my thing is, it's not like an offensive coordinator in football. Um, you know, hitting coaches in baseball are more like, I don't even know how to explain it. Um, because it's like, oh, if, if in basketball, if guys are missing shots, like, you know, it's not the offensive coach's job that they're missing shots. Um, I just, I just find that way overworked. Um, they, you know, every time I see a fire, the hitting coach, uh, tweet or comment or something, I just laugh because it's just, that's not how it works in baseball. It is really not. Um, so and the, and the idea, I mean, and the other thing, and Dick Williams ends up saying, I mean, the, the staff's coming back. I mean, they're not. The, I would his, expect his his point I, being. I, I mean, there might be some tweaks, but yeah, yeah I don't think there's going to be a massive overhaul. I mean, the the point was that you know, and and you know, he, he was not holding back uh, his feelings about the way some of this was covered um, in in the, in the market. Um, you know, was, he, he pities, he pities anybody that would uh, call it an embarrassment, which he saw. And, and he took a much exception to people talking about effort. Um, and, and that's all fair. I mean, you know, a team that ended up probably pressing because, and, and maybe admitting that because they were going through it, it's part of baseball at a big moment. Like that stuff happens. I, I have a hard time holding that over their head or blaming, a coach or a manager 
outside of the double steal thing that didn't quite work out. But, you know, like what would the difference have been and what are the percentage chances of that working versus Matt Davidson getting a hit? And that's we're, 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 we're nitpicking. We're splitting hairs here. The point is the team was playing great coming into the playoffs. And I, I don't know where you point blame or say this was some major objective failure. Um at, 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 at you what in what way you know what I mean like obviously they didn't hit well enough but I'm not going to sit here and be like well that's because they didn't add enough in the offseason they didn't spend enough or strategically go after the right guys in the offseason I mean it was a short season and a bunch of dudes hit below their averages um for for vets in the middle of, in the prime of their career um it happens and I don't mean, and I don't, and I don't mean that like, you know people are going to sit here. You know, we hear these people all the time. Don't let them off the hook. And I just, you know, I I do think that there's a disappointment, certainly as everybody would have in the organization and in, in what happened in the playoffs. But as far as you know, the moves that they made, they they set themselves and had themselves in great position and lost um, a couple of very close games to a really good. Braced. All right, before we move on, let's take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Let's move up. Let's let's set up answer number two. And it kind of ties into what we just talked about. And that is how are you gonna address the offense? Here's Dick Williams. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um we 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 want to see more out of the offense. We wanted to see more this year. We're not. I'm not. We're not going to go down that road again of uh, the explanations of of why. Um, I think the biggest one of the biggest explanations was um, a shorter season. Uh, it just was. There, there were great hitters out there that had terrible years and and guys that that really performed in the short season. And I think. Uh, over three months, four months, five months, and six months of a season, got, you would have seen guys get better and you would have seen other guys get worse. So it's really hard to, to take a 60-day season, you know, and then subtract from that the time missed by some of these guys um, and, and, and use that as the basis for all of your decisions going forward. There's too many veterans on this team that have track records um, and I don't think we're given the opportunity to prepare the way they had in the past and find their groove in the season the way they have in the past. That being said, you know, clearly we want to produce better offensively to take advantage of the pitching that we have. Um, I mean, I look at guys like, I mean, you know, Yelich, Altuve, you know, guys like that. It was, I mean, Vado, Moose, Winker, they, they out, they out hit Yelich, you know, Gino and, and Castellanos had the same OPS. Um, you know, Senzel was going great until uh, COVID hit. Uh, Shogo was going great once he got used to, um, once he got acclimatized over here. You know, we, we expected in a six month season for him to have a ramp up, then to lose the benefit of facing opponents in spring training, you know, led us to believe he'd need even more of a ramp up and then to shorten the season to 60 days to think he would be where he was. Um, you know, uh, I'm really encouraged by what we saw in the, the last three, three, four weeks. So, you know, Bado, Gino, Moose, we're all trending up, you know, playing better. Uh, Shogo, I talked about Winker had a great year. 
Um, you know, I believe Senzel's more like the guy we were seeing before uh, the virus hit him, uh, before he spent time on the IL, I should say. Um, so we think there's some, you know, there's definitely ways that that team is going to perform better offensively. But, um, you know, like we have in the past, we, we will get creative in addressing um, the areas that, that need it. And that, you know, that is one we will spend a lot of time on. So, it, it, you know, the the name that I've heard mentioned a lot as people <laughs> talk about the weirdness of this season is Christian Yelich, and, and Dick Williams does it again here. Yeah. Who's you know, a guy, a, a, you know, an MVP, I mean, maybe best hitter in baseball, arguably, in the NL, and kind of, he laid an egg this year in a short season. I mean, his numbers are, are nothing compared to what he normally did. And who knows over, you know, with 100-plus hundred more games, uh, what his numbers look like. Or we heard Joey Votto mention this in one of the Zooms towards the end of the season, how much he really would have loved to have seen, you know, the rest of the season play out because of the trend that he mentioned himself and Moustakis and, and Suarez. And, and they, they talked about that a lot, that it's a shame they didn't get to have the rest of the season play out because they really felt their numbers were all going to just start – going continue the same trend they were on and 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 go up as they found their rhythm and um so there's a lot of you know to that answer there's a lot of there's a lot of saying hey short season we know who these guys are we're not going to make long term which I which I found this to be an interesting element not going to make long term decisions based on a short term sample size here um is that right or wrong I mean, what conclusions should you make as far as maybe the development of where guys are at and who maybe needs to be um, challenged or replaced or whatever? Yeah. I mean, well, the the other part is who can you? You know, um, there could be some Um, non-tenders. Non-tendering is going to be a fascinating, fascinating watch this offseason. Um a lot of teams are cutting back drastically on just operating budgets, uh, much less payroll. You, you know, I, I've seen some, you know, I was talking to someone and, um, you know, you could see teams like I, 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 the non-tender is going to be just, I'm repeating myself because I'm thinking about it, but like, you know, I've seen names like um, Gary Sanchez, Chris Bryant, Javier Baez, they're actually being a possibility. Not saying it'll happen, but it's being considered that those guys could be non-tendered. And the offseason's going to be really interesting that way because- I mean, who's going to have money? I mean, who who's going to exactly. be willing to spend? Exactly. Um, you know, the Dodgers, Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if the Yankees <laughs> are going to have to go play for the Dodgers. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's going to be like that old, um, there's an old onion one about how like, uh, the, the Yankees signed everybody. Yeah. Um, and so to, to make sure that they had, they won. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be really interesting. Um, I, I just don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like. You know, if you're reading or listening between the lines, I mean, there's a lot of 
discontentment about where maybe the direction the offense could be headed in, in, in a number of spots. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of optimism over Shogo, who really essentially went through a, a super glorified spring training almost was what this season turned into be yeah. for him to getting used to this game. And by the end of the year, you really loved the way he was hitting, the at-bats he was getting, and, and who he had sort of started to turn himself into. Um, you know, and you you talk about Moose. I mean, you know who Mike Moustakis is. I'm, I, you, you know, Vado, the Vado question we've been taught, we've talked ad nauseum for years about. Really? Where is he? Where, where, is, he? <laughs> where is he? Decline phase. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, we're not going to continue to go down that road. But I, you know, can they get, what are they going to do at shortstop? What are they going to do? Do they need to try to find more out of the catcher position as far as hitting? I mean, it, it, what, where, where, where do you go there? I mean, is there a position that you think that they have the easiest inroad? I mean, shortstop I think is the obvious because Gallus yeah. is a is a free agent and Garcia's probably not ready yet, even though he spent a bunch of time up with the team. You're still banking on that development. Is that is that the most obvious spot? I think so. Um, you know, you could say catcher. I I mean, again, um, I think I've made it clear that this catching staff is a big part of the pitching staff. I mean, just, I don't know, man, you watch Kirk Casale in game one and you tell me that's not valuable, that he did not have a valuable game. I I find that hard to believe. Um, he was he was all over the place and 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 Tucker Barnhart is so good back there. I I just I I think they're a huge part of this pitching staff and if you take that away, you're taking away part of this, especially when you take away a Trevor Bauer and you have one fewer guy. I, but I mean, yeah, if if you go out and get J2 Real Muto, sure. Sure. Um, I just don't know. Otherwise, if, if, if the one spot in your lineup makes a big enough difference to make up for five spots in your rotation, which have carried you, which have, you know, which are, which are the absolute backbone of the franchise right now from a baseball perspective. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I find that interesting. You know, I, you know, what we see as far as, you know the, I mean the outfield. You, you Senzel is, has a season that's really hard to judge. Mm-hmm. You know when you throw, when you throw the IL list in the middle of everything, and um, he was hitting pretty well. You know we mentioned Shogo, Castellanos. I mean, I mean, <laughs> Castellanos looked like the best hitter in baseball for a pretty long stretch of time there. So and, Jesse you know, Winker and Jesse Winker. I mean, they, you know, so I. I think it's gonna. They're gonna have to find creative solutions to mm-hmm. find more offense. But I do think, you know, just listening to Dick Williams, it's a lot of just, hey, how about maybe maybe playing a hundred and sixty-two game season could be a big part of the solution too. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean that's it's a big part of it. Is you just gotta you gotta see where that that you know the water rises to its level and. Um, now there are an older team offensively. I think I got into that in my story after um, after the the um, playoffs ended. Um, so that is that is something for sure to watch. But 
you also have a lot of that committed again to make these huge sweeping changes. Where do you make them that you're not committed to already? Cassiano's going to opt in. I don't I know. We've know. talked about it before, but when you consider the environment out there, I That's, can't imagine anybody wanting to willingly pass up the money he's owed <laughs> to go exactly. into free agency right now. Exactly. And that's where I am. I mean, I just, you know, especially, especially when you look at what Mike Moustakis did, the one year deals with Milwaukee before trying to find a long term. I don't know that that's any better long term um, uh, possibilities are any better than what they were last offseason. They're worse. I mean, you know, this is, I think I say this last time, this is the first offseason where we actually believe the owners that they're not making any money this year. That they didn't make money this year. <laughs> I mean, despite yeah. uh, some new playoff, uh, some new TV money. I mean, even if you don't buy what percentage they say, I think they say 40% comes from, in stadium, even if you think that's closer to twenty-five to thirty percent, that's that's a big enchilada. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I I would assume that he would he would come back. What, what just to recap for people, what would that mean for his contract if he opts back in? What where does that? What, what does it that means. Him to? Yeah, let me get back to it. He actually takes a well. He wouldn't take a pay cut because he got a prorated version this year. Um, he has a opt out um, instead of making what was scheduled to be a fourteen million last in, in two thousand twenty. He would then make twelve in two thousand twenty one. Um, so that is part of it. Um, let's see, has two opt-outs. He has an opt-out again after next season, which might make a lot more sense to take, uh, the 2021. Um, but he does make less this upcoming year. Now there are enough people that are making more this upcoming year that it, it, it doesn't change the overall, what am I looking for? Um, overall payroll of the team. So, um, it's gonna, it's gonna be eaten up somewhere else, but it is $2 million less than he was scheduled to make this year uh, before prorated play. So it's going to um, come down to essentially if he thinks he can get more than 12 on the open market. Which he might. Yeah. But does he think he can get more than, um, let's see, 12 – or no, I'm sorry, it was 16. He was 16 this year, 14 in 2021. I knew it was 2,000 more. I was getting it mixed up. So does he think that he can get more than um, – 32, 46. Uh, Does he think he get more than three for 46? Or 48? I don't know how many people are getting that. And, and yeah. he didn't have the, I mean, overall, his numbers were not great despite his, you know, the hot streaks. Correct. I think that's going to keep people from going fully invested in, in him based on what you saw over 60 games this year. Yeah. Even though he did, you know, that, but that's who he's been, right? He's been this streaky guy who can carry you for a long period of time. Um, right, and we may have missed off one of those streaks. Yeah. Before we move on, let's uh, hear from one of our sponsors. Um, well, all this is, is, is centered around the third 
question that Dick Williams had an answer for, and that is payroll. That is what will it look like? And I think across um, all of baseball, a lot of GMs and owners are having to answer that question and not sure how to answer it, but here's how Dick Williams answered it. You know, unfortunately, as you go into next year, I I think we're all still dealing with some very large unknowns. Um, And we all thought that by now we might have more visibility uh, than we in fact do. Um, And so, you know, it's really hard um, to, you know, to know exactly where we'll, we'll stack up from an economic perspective without having a little more visibility on those things. You know, that being said, I know Bob is committed to, you know, giving us as many resources as he can, um, you know, to try to keep building on what we accomplished this year. So I can't give you a specific up down answer yet. You guys spent a lot of, um, well, money and also time re-evaluating maybe how the minor league system was working. How much does the lack of a minor league system this year affect you down the road and some of those things that you were trying to implement that may have been um, kind of new and innovative? Yeah, we were, we were really, really um, hurt by not having a minor league season this year. I mean, you could make the argument that all teams are kind of in the same boat. Um, so we still had a chance to, to make more use of this year than our competition. You know, I think it's all about how you handled it. But no matter how well we handled it, and I think we, we did accomplish um, a lot of things that we would like to have accomplished remotely, um, there's no substitute for that year of games. And that there's no doubt that that hurt, um, you know, especially with, you know, guys that we may be counting on in the spring to, to come compete uh, for the big league team, you know, guys like Lodolo and green and India and, you know, to, to lose that year of development um, is going to affect different teams differently, depending on how, um, you know, how much they were planning on, players from their minor league system coming up and and competing for a big league spot next year. There's been a lot of um, trimming of baseball operations staffs by other teams, especially in the scouting ranks. Uh, have you, are you guys going to be making any reductions or staying the same in that area too? We have, um, we have made some um, personnel, some staff changes. I would say um, we had a, we had a small reduction in headcount in player development, largely tied to the fact that we'll be down two affiliates. Um, uh, so we, we lost um, some headcount there. Uh, although we were able to, some of those coaches will shift to other levels and help, help with development going forward. Um, we are in terms of amateur scouting and pro scouting. Um, those staffs are, uh, we're not having any headcount reductions in those areas. So, um, you know, very thankful for ownership's commitment to continue to provide the resources for scouting and player development, which are so, uh, you know, so important to us. 
right, we we included uh, stuff about the minor leagues and the staff in there because it all, in many ways, ties together. I mean, teams are entering this offseason having to cut back, and people are losing their jobs operationally. Uh, you know, the minor leagues, you're losing affiliates. Um, so you're, it's changing the way you scout, how many people you need on that, how much money does that make up for? And then where do you need to find payroll of the base, the major league club in order to, to scale that back? We know they extended themselves last year, um, to, you know, go for it per se. Um, what does that mean for this payroll? And what does that mean for Trevor Bauer? So, or the pursuit of keeping Trevor Bauer, I should say. And All of that kind of falls into the payroll question, and the answer given is, I don't know. I think they're trying to figure that out. They, I think they're trying to figure out, and that's probably a tough conversation that Bob Castellini and Dick Williams are going to have to have and say, what is, what can we do and what can't we do? And they obviously haven't had that yet, and they've got to kind of figure it out. Yeah, I mean, and, and that is going to be a big question. I mean, just we don't know. We just don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, that's... Well, the that's, other side of it is, I mean, you're, you're also worried. I mean, we don't know that there's going to be fans in the stands next year. Right. And certainly can't, you definitely can't guarantee to hire to full capacities. I mean, you're talking about not knowing if you're going to be at 0%, 22%, 50%, everybody in... The, the unknowns of having to take a bath on a second season, potentially, mm-hmm. um, I think are what makes it even more challenging. And, you know, you talked about the non-tender possibilities. To me, that makes Trevor Bauer fascinating because the amount of, you know, he, he said he wants one-year deals and wants to keep doing one-year deals. Well, it's easy to say that until someone offers you the, uh, the you know, the Peace State Resistance deal, the, uh, yeah. you know, the five-year gazillionaire deal, uh, which he is now in position to get if somebody is willing to pay. Is somebody, what is someone willing to pay anybody? Not discussing Trevor Bauer's worth. What is any team right. willing to pay anybody right now is maybe the bigger question about whether Trevor Bauer comes back or not. It only yeah. takes one, but tis true. Yeah, it, it it it's a huge question, and we just don't know. We just don't know. And we'll go into the offseason. And, and I think there's going to be a lot of watching how things play out. And, you know, do you think we'll see, again, maybe the answer to this is also we just don't know, but do you think that we'll see it take longer for the offseason to kind of get going, even than it, than it has in recent years as it's pushed back, just because people are going to want more financial answers? Yeah. 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 I mean, in, in, in there's so much unknown that you want the most – opportunities to know and do they still have the GM meetings do they still have the winter meetings like they have in the past I I, I just don't see a way that we have a winter meetings and yeah. like deals don't have to be done there but there is momentum that is gained there in both the GM meetings and the winter meetings and um, even if they do have them they're going to be so different than they've been in the past like 
I just don't see myself at, I don't remember where they were supposed to be this year, um, Dallas or somewhere, but like, I don't see myself at the Opryland, you know, walking around, shaking hands, kissing babies and doing all the RRS that you do during that time. Like, it's just not going to happen. And this whole off season, oh man, it's just, it's just going to be different. It's just going to be yeah. different, and I, I can't see anybody jumping out quickly and, and getting a lot of quick things done. And um, Yeah, because there's just no answers. One last thing before, because it was mentioned in, as part of the minor league element here to that, was did, we, did this year push back Hunter Green and also maybe Nick Lodolo's arrival date? to the big league club because of their lack of having a season this year to go out there and get some develop more development. Sure. Shit. Don't help. Yeah. I mean, when it comes down to it, it just doesn't help. Yeah. I mean, they, you know, they, they brought Hunter green into Prasco. Um, and obviously, you know, I think that was a part of, Hey, let's, keep our hands on this guy and working with him as much as we can. And, you know, they're doing simulated games up there or whatever, but it's it's not the same. Um, but at least you're able to work with the, these these guys a little bit. But um, to me, that'll be interesting as you try to figure out, you know, if they can bring Bauer back, if Disclafani comes back, I mean, and how they fill out the rest of the rotation. Does that involve one of these guys – being up, you know, uh, maybe you could have said that with more certainty if they would have had a season, but they didn't. And so that kind of throws a big question mark onto them in the next year or two as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, everything. And and the other part is this is not the only organization having these questions. Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, it's a good, it's a good time to have Luis Castillo and Sonny Gray and uh, yeah, Tyler Malley and these guys in your rotation, the top of your rotation, um, locked up, and yeah, we'll spend so much time discussing Bauer. But I mean, they have depth at that position. They have guys in their bullpen that really uh, asserted themselves this year that you feel comfortable with, and they spent a bunch of money on offense last year that I think you still have confidence in. So. It's a good time to not have even more questions on your roster. And I think that, as he said, um, there's no glaring holes, you know, and that's right. it's, a, it's a good time to be in uh, that situation. I mean, you could you could look at shortstop is pretty yeah. a glaring hole. But other than that, I mean, other than the most either the first or second most important defensive position on the on the on the diamond. <laughs> other than other that. Than that Pretty yeah. Good. Um, but anyway, so that's kind of a reacting to Dick Williams' assessment of where they're at. Um, we'll have we'll be back next week and kind of keep taking yeah. a deeper look into some of the functionality of the off season and the who's, what's, where's, and why's, and talking a little bit about the postseason as it continues to unfold. Um, until then, it's been a it's been good. I hope people are ready to dive into off season fun and discussion. We love talking about nothing. Oh, yeah. I, you know what? I bet we'll have something next week to talk about. Yeah. You have a feeling? Got a feeling. I like it when you have feelings, Trent. I like it when you have feelings. Not, not my usual cold, 
feeling yourself. <laughs> I actually have some feelings that it's, great. it's a pretty safe right, bet. Well, Something's going to so, happen. That's one of the beauties of covering sports. Yep. Something usually so, does happen. So stop by next week to see what Trent's feelings were. And, uh, and, and we'll find out more as that happens. Uh, and a reminder, $1 per month right now on the athletic. Um, so one all our dollar, $1. That's it. $1. And, uh, that deal going on for I, I don't know how I don't know how long they're going to keep doing this. Like at a certain point, I feel like do I get laid off if we have to keep doing this deal? Um, just so it's you and not me. <laughs> okay, that's all I care about. <laughs> uh, Looking for number www.theathletic.com/slash/warp. Click on the link and you can get the one dollar per month offer uh, right now and get all of our coverage across NFL, NBA. Everton at the top of the table, undefeated, oh. untied, dominant. Hamas Rodriguez is just killing it. So great. Greg O'Keefe will keep you informed. So will Patty Boyland, my my guys on the Everton side. But we've got all your coverage everywhere, so uh, you get all that for $1. Go on the site, sign up now. Anyway, we will uh, talk to you next, next week on WARP. In Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.